Well, your harvest is coming. What did you plant? Some of you are thinking, I didn't plant nothing. Oh, yes, you did. You've been planting every day of your life. You were planting today, whether you know it or not. There is a law of sowing and reaping, both in natural things and in supernatural things. It is a law of nature and it is a law of the spirit also. We reap what we sow. That's what the Bible says. So guess what? You do have a harvest coming. And you know what? Sometimes that may, may make us want to shout for joy. We got a harvest coming. And sometimes that may make us want to cry because we know we sowed some things that we shouldn't have. Galatians 6, we're going to look at 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. There's a warning right up front. Do not be deceived. I want to remind you that our adversary, the devil, he is a master deceiver. That is his number one weapon is deception. He gets people thinking wrong. That's how he started this whole mess with Eve in the garden. He started casting doubt on what God had said and got her thinking wrong. And I just want you to understand, when, when the Word says, you see, when God the Holy Spirit inspired this man to write this Word, it's something that we all need to hear. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Everybody ought to be able to figure that out. I mean, the one that sees everything and knows everything, hears everything. He, he knows what, even what's in your heart. He knows our heart better than we do. You're not going to fool him, right? I mean, God is not mocked. And so where's he going with this? Whatever a man sows that he will also reap. As I said, this is a principle that is true both in natural things and in spiritual things. You're going to reap what you sow. There's this continuous process in our life of sowing and reaping. And it is a principle, it's, it's really established early in Scripture, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 11. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. See, it's always been this way that the harvest is determined by the seed. And the fruit of our lives is determined by the seeds that we've sown. Genesis 8:22. while the earth remains, seed time and harvest. There's a seed time and there is a harvest coming. It's sowing and reaping. We sow, that's seed time. We reap, that's harvest time. So what do we reap? What we sow, real simple. Two plus two, spiritual two plus two, right? Some people want to go, no, two plus two is five. I don't care what you want to call it. It's still four. And spiritual two plus two, you're still going to reap what you sow. Oh, now, preacher, this is grace, church. We got grace out there on the sign, you know, grace. So, you know, none of that reaping what you sow stuff. This was written by the apostle Paul, that grace preacher. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This is the Word of God. This is eternal truth. And you can't just take grace and stamp it on everything. Right. Right. Amen. Listen, God gives us grace so you can sow what you ought to be sowing. 
the principle, the law of sowing and reaping still applies even if we're under grace. It's still true. There's this huge deception. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he's also gonna reap. See, this principle puts the responsibility on us. And in this generation that we live in, it's really popular to blame everything and everybody else for the stuff in our life that we don't like. And I'll just tell you, it's one of those things that we tend to do and yet we see it in other people, but a lot of times we don't own it for ourselves when we want to blame others. And I'm just telling you, it's just epidemic in our world, in our generation. Sometimes maybe we just want to blame fate or luck or divine providence, but the scripture says it this way, what we sow, we're going to reap. So I want you to understand, there are certain things that in this life that are going to happen or do happen, both good and bad, that we didn't necessarily sow. I want you to understand this. This is real simple, but it needs to be said. See, the scripture doesn't say that everything that happens in your life is because you sowed it. No, it doesn't say that. And you need to understand, this is talking about good things and bad things. I mean, there are a lot of things that happen to us that are not a result of our sowing. How about this? We all know this. Jesus never sowed any kind of bad seed. He was a perfect, spotless, sinless lamb of God, never did one thing wrong. And yet he was despised. He was rejected. He was beaten. He was crucified by evil men. He didn't sow one thing that would reap any of that. And we, as the people of God, sometimes we go through things. Listen, the Bible tells us that all who live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So it would be really thinking in error to think that if we do everything right, nothing bad will ever happen to us. In fact, that's a common thing that disillusions Christians. They think, well, as long as I'm good, you know, if I try to be a good little Christian and go to church, then nothing bad will ever happen to me. Oh, you're going to go through tests and trials and troubles. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. But in this world, you're still going to have trouble. And all of us have certainly been the recipients of some blessings that we didn't sow. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? I mean, that couldn't be any simpler, could it? And our Father... Say so he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He sends the rain on the just and the unjust. It's Matthew 5, 45. See, there, there's a measure of God's goodness and his mercy over everybody. It, whether they didn't sow it, we don't deserve it, see? But we still are the beneficiaries of it. You know, one time I um, had this strange plant come up in the shrub bed and I just I thought what in the world is that and um, 
I just decided I was, I was just going to leave it alone and let it grow and see what it did. Because it, it just came up, got big really fast and, and uh, just kept watching it, watching it. And all of a sudden, this big, huge white flower popped out. And it, I mean, it was amazing and beautiful. I can tell you for sure, I didn't plant that thing. It just came up. And sometimes in life, there are some big blessings that come up that we didn't plant. There's nothing that we deserve. He treats me way better than I deserve. How about you? I mean, there are all kinds of blessings come in my way. It's not necessarily everything. You know, I planted it, everything. It's all coming to me because I planted. No, it's not like that. And we need to understand that. And that works for both good and bad. You know, if you plant a garden, uh, you're going to have some stuff come up that you didn't plant. I mean, every time I've ever planted a garden, weeds and grass start trying to come up. And never one time did I plant any of that. <laughs> Carmen might have snuck out there sometime, and, but I didn't plant any of that junk. It just comes up. But here's what you need to understand. What I did plant, what I did sow, came up. Amen. I'm just saying, yeah, you're going to have some stuff in your life. It is not necessarily a result of what you have sowed. But understand this, that what you do sow is going to bring you a harvest, whether it's good or bad or a mix of both. And you know, when you, when you think about a farmer who plants a field, you know what, they have some stuff come up. Here and there, you'll see some stuff out in their field. But what determines most of what's out there, it's all what the seed they put in. And that's the way it is in our life. Yes, you're going to have some other things come up, both good and bad that you didn't plant. But where we are in our life is, a, is greatly determined by the seeds that we've sown in the past. And where here's, here's the good part, all right? See, this message tonight is not to beat you down over your bad seed. This message tonight is to get us planting the right seed because where we're going to be down the road, the harvest that's coming in down the road, we get to decide that. Because whatever a man sows, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, whether it's good or bad, he's going to reap it. You know, I know that sometimes, you know, bad things come up and, well, we can thank Adam and Eve for that. Genesis three seventeen and 18 says, Cursed is the ground for your sake, and toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. See, it's, I mean, it's right there in the scripture. If you're going to plant a garden, you're going to have a farm, you're going to have stuff coming up you didn't plant, you got to deal with it. And that's the way it is spiritually too. There's stuff that comes up. We all have battles and struggles, things that were not a result of our own doing. We can just thank Adam and Eve for that. We live in a fallen world. So we don't have control over everything that happens or is going to happen. But the one thing that we do have control over is the seed that we ourselves are currently sowing and consequently the harvest that's coming from what we're sowing. The truth is that most of what we get out of life is a result of what we sow. 
much of where we are right now, it's previous crops that are coming in. The great thing about this, I'm telling you, is that we can determine down the road if we choose the right seed. Don't be deceived. He keeps saying that. That's right. Because we need to get it. There's so many people deceived about this. They think that it doesn't really matter what they do as long as they don't get caught. And I'm not just talking about criminals now. I'm talking about everyday kind of people. I'm talking about church people. I mean, as long as, as, long as you know, it, there's not some way that I got, you know, caught. I didn't, you know, I was talking about this person, but, you know, nobody knew. I didn't get back to them, so I'm good. No. See, we, a lot of people are deceived about this. They think it's no big deal, or they go back to that thing again. I'm just going to keep pounding this stuff because I'm telling you, there's some strongholds that need to come down. See, oh, I'm under grace. You know, I can, I can talk about people, and I can do this because I'm, I'm under grace. No, I'm telling you, you're going to reap what you sow. That is the truth of Scripture. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. You're not kidding God. You're not fooling God. He doesn't wink at your sin. It's not cool. It's not okay. You're going to reap what you sow. And when we understand that, when we really get this, then we take seriously how we're living our lives and the kinds of seed that we're sowing and the things that we say and the things that we do, and we start getting a different harvest. This warning to Christians, see, written to Christians, don't be fooled. Don't believe a lie. You know, to be deceived is when you think it's one way, but it's really another. <laughs> and God's word says it's this way. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And then there's that next warning, God is not mocked. You just can't play games with God. We all want good things in our future, but we got to think about what we're planning. Don't blame God when your harvest comes in. It's amazing to me how people want to blame God for things. They blame God for the work of Satan. They blame God for the deeds of evil men. And they blame God for their own harvest sometime. But instead of blaming God or blaming other people, we just got to make up our mind that we're going to plant the right kind of seed. Well, other people are planting this kind of seed. You know, that's the dumbest reason in the world for doing something, right? We tell teenagers and children that's a dumb reason to do something. I just want you to understand, between you and God, from His Word, with the help of the Holy Spirit, you need to decide what the right kind of seed is in every situation in life. Verse 8, he says this, For he who sows to his flesh, and that's your old nature, he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now this principle, you see, it works for positive and it works for negative. And we're not going to delve into tonight about talking about the flesh and the Spirit a whole lot and all of that. It, I just want to keep this simple, but it's good seed, good harvest. Bad seed, bad harvest. See, you sow to that old sinful nature, you're going to reap a harvest of trouble. 
We're just, we're just not going to over-spiritualize this. If you want to understand the scripture, the best way to do that is to apply it to your life, but interpret it in the light of the rest of scripture and especially the context in which it's written. So to really understand this, you just got to read the next verse. He says, and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season, we shall reap. You see, he's still talking about sowing and reaping. We shall reap if we do not lose heart. What kind of seed? Good seed. How do you do it? Sowing good, doing good. Real simple. Couldn't be any simpler, right? We reap a harvest from doing good. That's the simplest way to, to sow to the Spirit. You just keep doing good. You know, a lot of time when people talk about sowing and reaping, they're talking about money. And, you know, the Scripture uses that example in other passages like 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 7. It says, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He that sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Obviously, that one's talking about giving. He says, let each one give as he purposes in his heart. But in this passage, he's talking about Doing good. Lots of ways that we can do good. All kinds of things. You know, let me just kind of summarize it this way. Our words and our actions both can be a way that we sow good seeds. You can also use them to sow bad seeds. Doing good. Real simple. That's good seed. When we sow bad seed, we reap trouble and heartache and destruction. When we sow good seed, we reap blessing and abundant life. We reap victory. The next verse just takes it a little further for us. Verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially to those who are of the household of faith. It's doing good to others. See, this law of sowing, reaping, it covers every aspect of life. But let me tell you, here's the most important application. He makes it for us. It's about doing good to people. It's about others. You want to sow good seed? Here's the most important thing. It's about doing good to others. I got that straight from verses 9 and 10. You got to do good to others. It's all about people. It always is with the Lord. I mean, you know, we can be real spiritual and say, well, it's really about the Lord. Well, yeah, but I'm just telling you with God, it's all about people. God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. That's what this whole thing is about is that God loves people. And that's the most important thing in this world It's people. That's the only thing down here going up there, right? It's people. Mm -hmm. Everything else is going to burn. So this is what's important to God and needs to be important to us. But he says, do good to others. He says, to all. Some people don't deserve it. Well, I want to tell you, you get in trouble when you start deciding who does and who doesn't. We'll get to that in a minute, but... You got to do good to the good, the bad, and the ugly. But then he says, especially the household of faith. And this is an issue in our generation because in the church culture of the day, there are many Christians 
that have a negative attitude towards the church. And right here in the Bible Belt, it is just a glaring epidemic. There are so many Christians that don't go to church, that I don't know, have nothing to do with that organized religion. You're talking about the bride of Christ. You're talking about the body of Jesus Christ. He loves the church. How do you despise the church? But the scripture says to do good to all men, especially the household of faith, especially the church, your brothers and sisters in Christ, your, your spiritual family, especially them, you're going to go way out of your way to do good to your brothers and sisters. That's the way it's supposed to be. You should do good to the worst, but you ought to especially do good to your brothers and sisters, the household of faith. Now, when you do good to others, I just want you to know that you're going to reap it. It's going to come home to you one way or another. Sowing and reaping. Kind of puts a different light on the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. You know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you because one way or another, it's going to come back to you. Now, not necessarily from that person. See, people get all mixed up about this. Now, I was so nice to that person and they just repaid me with evil. Well, they're not the one in charge of your harvest. That's between you and God. And I'm telling you that God is bigger than that person. But your responsibility is to do good. You know, some people are just mean. I... I got to tell you, you can be mean to me and you get away with it for a while because I don't know, I guess because I'm ornery. But if you're mean to Carmen, you will go straight to hell. <laughs> I mean, right here, right here on earth, I'm not saying literally, I'm, I'm just saying though. And um, I've watched this. There was a, a, a pastor one time who was being mean to Carmen to try to, to get at me. And, you know, that's a good way to get at me, by the way. Um, and I told him, I said, he was my boss. I told him, I said, you talk to me however you want, but you will never speak to my wife in an unkind way again. I didn't work there much longer. <laughs> Neither did he. Just saying, God took care of him to the point where we were praying for mercy for him. I'm just telling you, mean people, this, this, is, this scares me to be mean. I'm not going to be mean. Now, some people might think I'm mean. I, I understand that. But, you know, it's kind of like 
sometimes when it's your kid, your kid thinks you're mean because you don't let them have their way. And sometimes when people don't, you know, when I've worked with teenagers, if teenagers didn't get their way, they thought I was mean. And sometimes with adults, if they, if they don't get their way, they think I'm mean. <laughs> but I want to tell you, I'm scared of being mean. And I'll tell you why. Because God don't like it. That is the worst seed you can sow. That is the one seed that, listen, when you mean, it's coming back. It's coming back hard. Pastor, you just mouthing off. You ain't got no scripture for that. Oh, I so do. I'm just telling you. You see, it's really bad seed. When, let me start with this. When we're merciful, we reap a harvest of mercy. See, mean means kind of the opposite of, of merciful. And I know I'm kind of summarizing there, but listen, Jesus said, blessed are the merciful for they will receive mercy. Now that doesn't mean that nobody's going to be mean to you. But God is going to bless you. You're going to receive mercy. All there is to it. God's not mocked. He's going to see to it that you reap what you sow. Being mean and judgmental? Oh, man. James 2.13. For judgment without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Judgment is without mercy. Wow. No mercy. No mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. See, we, we know Jesus said that if you're merciful, you're gonna be blessed with mercy. But the Bible also says in the New Testament that if you don't show mercy, you're just gonna get straight up judgment with no mercy. That's a bad place to be. Well, I wanna tell you, our God is so merciful, but you shut that off when you are mean and, and no, show no mercy to other people. Mm -hmm. mean people they just get what's coming to them one way or another God's not mocked nobody gets away with anything this is spiritual truth see I'm, I'm bold about this I say these things because I see it straight in the scripture sometimes people get a quick harvest sometimes it takes a little longer but it's coming Here's one thing I know. If you want people to be nice, be nice to them first. You just need to see it as a seed that you're sowing. Now, as I said before, that doesn't mean you're going to reap it from that individual. You might not. But God is able to fulfill his promises to you and bless you in spite of that person. All of us have had people that wrong us. And I'm just going to spend a little time here because I think this is one of those big deceptions. You know, when you're talking about doing good to people, I think there's some roadblocks here of deception that Satan uses us to keep us from sowing those good seeds that we ought to be sowing. And we just need to make this connection that, you know, when we're wronged, we have a choice to make that is going to determine our harvest down the road. When that pastor 
fired me because <laughs> I told him my wife wasn't coming to a staff meeting. He said, now, I don't want you going off and telling people what I did to you, and I won't. I won't tell you his name. I won't tell you all the stuff that he did. I said, listen, whatever was between me and you is between you and God now. I've already turned that all over to the Lord. And when I told him that, I absolutely meant it. I mean, I was free from it. I turned it over. And I'm just telling you that, you see, when people wrong us, we got to turn that over to God. We can't take that into our own, hand, own hands. There's this real deception where we feel like since we've been wronged, we get a free pass. You know, it's our, it's our human sense of justice. We get a, you know, I was wrong, so I get a free pass on doing something back. And we disobey about 300 scriptures when we do that. He says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. It's not our place. We're not allowed. I mean, yeah, you're allowed to disobey God, but I'm just saying, and this is a big problem, you see, because when, when we're wrong, there's this huge temptation for us to do this thing where we're planting seeds that's going to reap us a harvest. And we say, but God, they did this to me. You're still going to reap a harvest from the bad seed that you sow. And you would reap a good harvest from the good seed that you sow if you do right. Romans 12, 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. There's a lot of Christians trying to overcome evil with evil. Craziest thing I've ever seen in the time and the generation we live in, a lot of mad, angry Christians out in the world acting like the devil. But when you're wrong, don't sow bad seed. Because I want to tell you, when you turn around and you show mercy and kindness, that's really, really good seed. And God is not mocked. First Thessalonians 5.15 says, See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. You see, this principle is in the Scripture over and over and over. When people are evil, you do what's good. And when we've been wronged, what's the Bible say to do when you've been wronged? Forgive. We always feel justified somehow and not forgiving, but when we don't forgive, we're disobeying our Lord. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now I've heard some preachers in our generation saying, oh, that don't apply to us because, you know, praise God, that's for the cross. I believe the teachings of my Savior apply to me. I believe the teachings of my Savior apply to me more than anything else that anybody ever said or did. And when we don't forgive, we are bringing judgment on ourselves. When we sow forgiveness... See, you see it right there in that scripture. When we forgive, we sow forgiveness, we reap forgiveness. 
And I want to tell you, when you reap forgiveness from God, this is a really, really good deal. This is an awesome harvest when you are forgiven before the Lord. This is a kind of seed we ought to be showing. Matthew 5, so in 545, it says, I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, you talking good about the people, talking bad about you. Do good to those who hate you. Oh, that's hard. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. You know, I just want to bring this one out. Jesus said, bless those who curse you. One of the ways we sow seeds is with the words of our mouth. In the parable of the sower, Jesus said that the seed was the word of God. Now, the word of God is the best kind of seed, amen? But it shows us that words are seeds and how often in life we reap the rewards or the trouble of the words of our mouth. Proverbs 12, 14, a man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. See, if we're loving and kind and encouraging others, that's so into the spirit. We're gonna reap abundant life. See, you talk nice to your family and you know, you're sweet to your spouse and gentle. And I told you it scares me to be mean, right? Whenever I, anybody ever made their wife cry before? Y'all don't hate on me. I'm being transparent. I've made Carmen cry before. It really scares me because I saw what happened to other people when they were mean to her. <laughs> I get right real quick. I'm just saying, but no, but seriously, you know what? See, a lot of times people are real, uh, they, they let their guard down about doing right with their family. I mean, they talk to strangers nicer than they do their, their family. That's, that's the first place we ought to be putting this into practice of being kind and being good with our words and speaking life and building up. That's Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. But the words of our mouth are like seeds that we sow. They're gonna bring you a harvest. You know, we all know that it's a lie when they say sticks and stones break my bones, but words will never hurt me because we can all remember hurtful things that people said to us. I remember hurtful things people said to me 40 years ago. Long, long, long ago forgiven, but I can't erase it from my mind. And it's amazing, you see, how we, we remember those things because they hurt. And yet some of us, sometimes we're not very careful about the words of our mouth and they're just seeds that'll bring us a harvest. If we really believe that, we'd be careful about what we say. But sometimes we get deceived. We think it's not gonna matter. We're counting on crop failure, hoping that seed's not gonna come up. Lying, gossiping, being judgmental, bad seed. Wrong words. You know what? They can bring you a quick harvest. Proverbs 17, 14, the beginning of strife is like releasing water. Therefore, stop contention before a quarrel starts. See, when there's just a little bit of strife, you say, oh, it wasn't a big deal. Well, guess what? It's going to come home with a whole boatload. We need to understand this about sowing and reaping. When you sow, you don't get the exact amount you sowed. A harvest 
is, is much greater than the seed that was sown. This is true for good and bad. Some, sometimes people say, well, you know, I, I, I sowed a little bad seed, but I didn't sow this. That's because it's a harvest. The good thing about this is, is sometimes, you know what, we do some good and God blesses us way more than what we planted, what we sowed. While I'm at it, I just, I got to get at this. Here's this worldly attitude. You know how some people think they're going to go to heaven because they say, well, I've done some bad in my life, but I've done some good too. So you ain't getting in that way. There's only one way and that's by the blood of Jesus. You can't be good enough to get in, but, but it sure isn't of, you know, well, he was a good person. He did 50, he was 51% good. He's a good person. It's not like that. You see, some people have this attitude about sowing and reaping. Well, I, I did some bad, but I did some good. So the, so the good should negate the bad. Doesn't work that way. You're going to reap good and bad in your life from your own harvest. Some of that bad, why? You planted it. And the good that you sow doesn't negate the bad seed. But if we sow words of encouragement and love, I want to tell you, that is one of the fastest ways to start seeing some good harvest in your life. It's amazing how powerful words can be that they can just bring a quick harvest a lot of the time. Another principle about sowing and reaping is that it's so proportionate. I, you know, it, it definitely is how much comes in has everything to do with how much you plant. Some seeds are going to come up in a few days. Good and bad. Some things come up in a few days. Some are going to come up in a few weeks. Some are going to come up in a few months. This is the way harvest works. Do you know there's some seeds in the natural that take years to come up? And some things in the spirit take years to come up. It's one of the things that I... Um, see that people do wrong about things like tithing. Why well, tithe for three weeks and nothing happened? <laughs> wow. See, not tithing, you say, well, I, I hadn't been tithing and no big deal. Listen, when you don't tithe, it may take a while, but there's some trouble coming. And when you do tithe, it may take a while, but the, the scripture's true. He's going to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain and rebuke the devourer for your sake. Those, those promises are real. Always got to get this in. The real reason that people don't believe in tithing is because they don't believe the blessing. Because whether or not you have to is irrelevant if you believe the blessing is true. Because who wouldn't want in on that deal? But I'm just telling you that, it, see, and this isn't just tithing. This is about so many things. A lot of the time, you know, we don't see an immediate consequence for negative things. And we don't see an immediate blessing for the good things we do. And so we think that, well, you know, that's this whole sowing and reaping thing. It's true. Don't be deceived. It may take a while. You may not see it real clearly. Sometimes it comes back in a different way. But it comes. Talk about my wife again. It's really irritating. She gets all kinds of free gifts, you know, and she wins at everything she does. I mean, 
you know, we go out with some friends to top golf and some of these people, they show up with their golf clubs and everything. I mean, they're like big time golfers and, and they're driving their ball way out there, you know. And Carmen, she's never swung a golf club before except putt-putt and she hits it and every time she hits it, it dribbles out and it falls in the first little ring of the closest hole. And she beat everybody. She does this kind of stuff all the time. Her and Jonathan. Jonathan walks into a store. You're our 1,000th customer. Here's a $100 gift card. Here's what I know. It's just sowing and reaping. It's just blessings overtaking them. You're saying, Pastor, why come things don't happen like that to you? Well, <laughs> I'm working on it, all right? <laughs> Listen, preacher always gets the message first, okay? Just saying. But here's something I don't want you to be deceived about. I talked about this negative thing about seeds a lot tonight. I want you to hear this, though. The principle is just as true that we reap what we sow in good things. There is a harvest coming in. You need to know this. You need to know that you know that you know when I sow good seed, it's gonna come back to me. Proverbs eleven eighteen. he who sows righteousness will have a sure reward. So even when you don't see it, listen, you just keep believing. You trust God's word that he will do what he said that he would do. You know, and if we really believe that, we put a lot more effort into what we sow. Be a lot more careful. See, if we would be a lot more careful about we, what we sow and put more effort into it, I want to tell you that down the road, it'll save us a whole lot of care and effort. Mm -hmm. Just think about that. But if you want to have a great harvest, I'm going to take five minutes and I'm going to give you four things real quick. Before you plant, you need to plant it. I don't know anyone that has a garden that it just happened. If you want a good crop, it's got to be intentional. And that's really the main point of this message is that we need to be intentional about the seeds that we're sowing. This message is not to make you feel bad about the past. It's so you can plan for the future and plant accordingly. Second, get some good seed. Everything we say and everything we do is seed, but if you plant bad seed, you won't get a bad harvest, so you need to get good seed. Where do you get good seed? Well, the best seed comes from the Word of God. Luke 8, 11 says, the seed is the Word of God. That's the best kind of seed. You think this book and you speak it and you do it, that's really good seed, and it always brings a great harvest. Third, you have to actually plant. You got to do it. Every day, you keep planting. You know, we read, do good to all men. Every opportunity, it said. Every opportunity. See, we all, this is one area where we all have opportunities every day. Everybody you, know, you want a big opportunity. Everybody has this opportunity every day. There are opportunities for us to do good to other people. Fourth, persevere. He said, if we don't faint, if we don't give up, we will reap a harvest. 
Sometimes people start doing good and then they uproot their seed by stopping doing good. You got to keep doing good. Well, can you uproot bad seed? I actually believe that you can. I know that sometimes that there are consequences that come even though God forgives us. But I also know that there are some times when just in God's grace and mercy that he spares us some of what we've planted. But remember this, God is not mocked. You can't trick God, you can't fool God, you can't play games with God. And it's, there's a difference in just being sorry or sorry you got caught, but there's a difference in just being sorry and feeling bad and actually being willing to repent. And if you're gonna uproot some seed, you're gonna have to get to the place where as much as possible, you make it right. As much as possible, you decide from this day forward that you really are gonna do what you're supposed to do. Let me give you a couple of verses here real quickly. Ezekiel 18, 21 and 22, if a wicked man turns from all his sins which he has committed and keeps my statutes and does not and does what is lawful and right, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of the transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him because of the righteousness which he has done, he shall live. Ecclesiastes 3, 2 says there's a time to plant, there's a time to pluck what is planted. The NIV says it this way, a time to plant and a time to uproot. What's the time to uproot? when you've got some bad seed that you've sown. How do you do that? I believe it's true repentance. It's a turnaround. It's a true change from the heart. And if you can, you make restitution, you make it right. But here's the thing. Your harvest is coming. What are you going to plant? And so I just ask you tonight that as we close in prayer, that you would just sincerely before the Lord make a decision that you're gonna plant good seed every day, all day. Stand with me.